I'm Kale. And I'm Kiers. And this is the Spooky and the Skeptic. Guess who's back this week? Me, and I still sound like I'm dying. But she's, so I apologize. She's no longer contagious, so Karen, go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm not contagious. I just still sound terrible, so I apologize in advance. But it's my week to do an episode, so you guys are stuck with this. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yeah, you guys are going to love this. I have coffee, though. Coffee. So... <laughs> coffee's good <laughs> <laughs> and everyone with the 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 sound diagnosis where they hate the sound oh i hate that stop <laughs> it's going insane <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> kind of not really you know? but yeah so i apologize in advance if i sound like really snuffly sniffles yeah i'm trying to not like die yeah. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So, do we have any updates or anything? No. Cool. I don't think so. I don't think so either. We've been kind of slacking on our social media. Sorry, guys. Sorry. We got busy lives. We My busy. finals week was last week. Very busy. Yeah, and she's in charge of all the social media, it seems. So, yeah, your girl. We're recording this, and I'm going to bed at four o'clock in the afternoon yes so but that's fine you know i'm sleepy (laughs) gotta do what you gotta do yeah so like i kind of want to get mcdonald's after this and go home and take a nap with cooper yeah that sounds good that sounds good my puppy he's sick oh yeah he needs just don't give him any french fries or anything right now his belly won't tolerate that no he gets nothing he'll probably try and steal a chicken nugget from me like he did the other day (laughs) that was funny yeah we should post that on our Instagram. Okay. You have yeah. to send we'll, we'll post Oh, you have access to our Instagram. You yeah. can post it. We'll post it on our Instagram of my dog stealing my chicken nugget. Not that you guys probably care, but you know. It's <laughs> kind of funny. So it'll bring some... My suffering will bring light to your life. <laughs> you know. All right. So, do you have anything to say before I get started? Let's get down to business. <laughs> Copyright! <laughs> the chickens. Back! <laughs> say the murderers <laughs> i was just gonna say trying to avoid that copyright claim like yeah, we don't need copyright claim please don't copyright claim us, <laughs> disney we love you we love a disney yes anyway so today we are gonna have three cases Ooh. because they are uh short um and there's not a ton of information on these gotcha um so we're gonna be going over the case of emily jones Edward Gingerich, and then uh, probably the most well-known one is uh, Joel Guy Jr. Yep, I've heard of none of them. 
cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you'd heard of Gal- Joel Guy Jr. or anything like that. Right? Uh, maybe after I start. I'm really bad at names, so maybe, like, after I hear what it's about, it might click, but. But we're going to save him for last. We're going to. These are all kind of gruesome in their own way. Oh, good. Um, the first one we're going to be talking about is Emily Jones. I will be giving, oh, I'm giving a trigger warning right now, but this does include violence against a child. Um, so there's your trigger warning. Skip ahead if you want to hear the other two because they do not involve children. Um, but yeah. So Emily Jones was born to Miss Sarah Barnes and Mark Jones on January 18th, 2013 in Greater Manchester, England. So we're going outside the state. Ooh, yeah. I want to go outside the states. Yeah, not right now because I'm like, COVID. I- she was the only child of the couple, um, and her mother was quoted as saying she was known to always be full of joy, love, and laughter. Aww. And on my personal Instagram um, for true crime and stuff, I do have a picture of Emily. She is gorgeous. She's got little blonde curls. Aww. She's got beautiful blue eyes. Her and her father are in the picture that I found. And, oh, my gosh, they just look so happy. It's such a cute family. Aww. Um, But, sadly, Emily would not have a very long life. Mm. Um, Not much. I couldn't find hardly anything on her early childhood. But then again, she was seven years old whenever this case took place. Oh, so my. there's really... Not much of anything yeah. available on her. Um, so March 22nd, 2020, um, which happened to be Mother's Day in the United Kingdom, uh, the family decided to go to Queen's Park to spend some time together. Um, I'm going to go ahead and this is going to be jumping right into what happened to her. Um a few sources say that Emily was riding her scooter with her father when she spotted her mother ahead um, of the pair because her mom liked to run. Um, and Emily took off away from her father um, towards her mother. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's a little girl. She wants to be with her mama. Her father happened to look up and saw a woman supposedly helping Emily up from the ground. Um, thinking that she had fallen off her scooter. Oh, uh, Okay. So she'd ridden past this bench where this woman was sitting. I've heard of this. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Nope, you're good. So, of course, this is a true crime thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Hi, Moana. That's my coffee. Don't touch my coffee. Just watch. She's going to try to walk across your keyboard. That's fine. Don't touch it. (laughs) Sorry, there's a cat. We have a cat interruption. Um, So... Obviously, this woman was not helping yeah. Emily up. Um, Rebecca Gardner, who was the police coroner's officer that was at the scene, um, she was one of the first ones to describe what had happened at the scene. Um, and in her words, uh, quote, Emily was on her scooter playing. As she rode past a wooden bench, a female sat on the, that sat on the bench suddenly attacked Emily, stabbing her in the neck, causing catastrophic injury. Emily was taken to Salford Royal Hospital, but despite best efforts to save Emily, she was pronounced dead at 1558 that day. Mm. So that would be 356. Yeah. Three, yeah, 356. I said eight. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so she was literally like seven-year-old girl riding her 
scooter in the park. Being a child, you know. Yeah, being a little kid. And she gets stabbed in the neck. Like, I just don't know who in their right mind is just like, I'm going to go to the park today and sit on a bench and then just stab a kid. Like, I get into that. Oh, good. (laughs) I promise I get into that. Um, Coroner Walsh was the one that took care of the case. And he said that in his 20 years as a coroner, this was one of the most tragic deaths he had ever dealt with. Wow. Obviously, that makes sense. Um, Scroll my notes. (laughs) Um... So that day, going back to focus on the attacker and get her backstory, um, she'd brought three craft knives with her. She'd gotten, like, a pack of knives. Mm-hmm. It. Um, and immediately after the attack, she tried to flee the scene. Footage of her getting caught is available on YouTube. Um, I have seen this footage, personally. I find it very disturbing. Um... But it's definitely very interesting if this is something you want to learn more about to just kind of know more about the case. Yeah. Um, the attacker was named Eltiona Scana, um, and she was a 30-year-old illegal immigrant from Albania who had had no previous interactions with the Jones family. She did not know them at all. This attack was completely random. Um, when she was caught after trying to flee the scene, she was detained under the Mental Health Act and placed in a high-security facility after her arrest. Um, Ascana came to the United Kingdom August 13th, 2014, um, and she claimed asylum. Her asylum application was initially refused in June 2018, um, but this decision was overturned following an appeal that she had made, and she was given uh, a residency permit lasting until November 2020. Okay. Um, Skana later admitted to lying on her asylum application by falsely claiming that she was a victim of human trafficking. Okay. Um, at the time of her arrest, she was unemployed and living in a flat in Bolton, which is the same town that the Jones family lived in. Um, in her trial, she was charged with murder along with possession of a bladed article, um, and she was oh goodness she was remanded in custody and scheduled to appear at manchester and salford magistrates court on the 22nd of or the 26th of may um she did not enter a plea to the court at her may appearance um so a plea and trial prep, so plea and trial preparation hearing took place on the 5th of october okay um there, obviously, 2020, we have COVID going on. So, she was at her trial via video link um, from Rampton Secure Hospital, which is a mental health facility. Mm-hmm. Um, she did not speak at her October hearing. Um, her bar- barrister, I think is how you say it. I'm not entirely sure what a barrister is. I think it's kind of like a lawyer, but it's not quite a lawyer. Okay. Um, asked that the arraignment... Uh, for Skana happened at a later date due to her not talking. Um, the judge, uh, Mr. Justice, Justice Henshaw, can't read today, <laughs> joined the proceedings until the 6th of November. At the November hearing, uh, Skana denied the charge of murder but pled to the lesser offense of manslaughter, um, due to diminished responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Her trial officially began on November 26, 2020, um, and the court had heard that Scano was admitted to a psychiatric hospital in 2015 after threatening her neighbors with a weapon and was again, again detained and given uh, more treatment in 2017 when she stabbed her mother in the hand and threatened her sister. Okay, you know. She's a little nuts. <laughs> Casual. Yeah. Um, so the, on the fourth day of the trial, um, a psychiatric nurse at Rampton Hospital said Skana had told him that, and quote, I killed someone. That's the reason why I'm here. It was premeditated. I waited in the park. I picked my victim and I killed somebody and tried to run away. Um, Dr. Afghan, a consultant forensic psychiatrist, on the sixth day of the trial said that Skana had a history of violence when unmedicated. Um, he also said that during Skana's detainment at the Rampton Ho- Hospital, I almost said hotel, <laughs> no, it's not a hotel, it was mutually agreed to discontinue the antipsychotic medication, after which hospital staff, um, hospital staff observed Skana behaving strangely. She was seen laughing hysterically after she noticed a girl on the television who bore a very similar resemblance to Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another incident where she became enraged and was, quote-unquote, frothing at the mouth. Okay. Yeah, she's got a little... She has some issues that need to be uh, counseled and medicated. That definitely need to... Yeah. yeah. Um, Dr. Afkin, on the 16th of October, continued the or resumed the antipsychotic medications. Um, in in court, he testified that there was ample evidence that Scott and I had paranoid schizophrenia, which, of course, is not an excuse. No, I've kind but, of, the, that's what I was getting from what you're describing, though. I was like, that's definitely schizophrenia. Yeah. Um, and it's so understudied, and then people do just put people with schizophrenia in hospitals, say they're crazy, and then they don't treat them. They just let them rot in there and that's the sad thing i feel like schizophrenia is the most well heard of Mm -hmm. but it's one of the ones that we know the least about well they just don't treat it and that's why yeah yeah but sorry coffee break sorry (laughs) (laughs) um the prosecution at the trial initially argued that skana should be convicted of murder noting that she had brought the knife on the morning she went to the park and killed Jones, and stated that Skana was using her history of mental illness as a convenient excuse. I mean, it, yeah. It's possible. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like it's not a, a convenient excuse. She seriously had stuff. I think she definitely had stuff going on, but I think yeah. uh, her lawyer or whatever did probably jump right on onto that, and was yeah. like, oh, we're going to plead insanity, and yeah. yeah. It's like, no, that doesn't always work. So no. Right. Yeah. I go on an entire rant for hours <laughs> pleading insanity. <laughs> um, the judge at the trial scheduled the sentencing for the conviction of manslaughter for the 8th of December. Um, and on that day, Skana received a life sentence with a minimum term of eight years before eligibility for release. So she was going to be, she was going to serve eight years minimum, which of course lasts longer than Poor Emily's life did. Yeah, I was like, but, only eight years? Yeah. Um, prior to the sentencing, Mark Jones, who was the father, mm-hmm. um, said what happened to his daughter is a quote-unquote public outrage. 
Um, in his victim impact statement, he said, Emily was a vulnerable child full of innocence and wonder. She was just starting off on her path of life and her future was cut short. Our future has also been taken away. How can we enjoy life when the best part of it has been taken away? I cannot understand why this has happened. We want people hearing this statement to understand that this should not have happened. How can an innocent child playing in a park be killed in such such a monstrous way? Which yeah, he put that rather well. For mm-hmm. I mean, if I was a parent that had lost my child, I would they'd be having to bleep something. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would have to bleep some things out. Yeah. <laughs> And I try not to curse anymore, but, you know. It happens. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the trial judge um, ordered that Skana had to serve her term at the Rampton Secure Hospital where she had been staying. Um, and she should only be released if she no longer poses a risk to the public. Um, he added that despite the mental illness, she had a significant... Goodness. She had a significant amount of responsibility for the crime, which was just of, which justified a hybrid order rather than a hospital order, meaning that she could, under the right circumstances, be considered well enough to leave the hospital, but she'd have to go to prison. Okay, gotcha. Um, because she would have to put the do the remainder of her sentence in prison yeah um but that was only if her condition improved extremely yeah um so in his words this is what he told the judge told skana is um quote what this means is that you will be detained in a hospital until no longer necessary if or when it's no longer necessary you will be released to prison once in prison you will remain this the you will serve the remainder of the sentence that i have imposed um, but due to the pre-trial detainment period, 196 days were a roost. For, 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 sorry, I can't English. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> 196 days were reduced from her, um, eight-year sentence. Um. This is. This is the weird part. Is he's like, this is the amount of time you will have to be here mm-hmm. and then he goes on to say if you are never deemed fit for release you will remain in the hospital or the prison for the rest of your life which part of me doesn't understand because it's only like an eight year yeah. minimum that she could be in prison yeah um so i'm not entirely sure yeah that's a little that weird yeah um on january 26 2021 skana's minimum sentence was increased from eight years to 10 years and eight months um, which did, again, make up for that 196 days. So mm-hmm. it just wasn't completely, yeah. Um, <sighs> Emily's father was very obviously uh, happy about the increase of the sentence, but he said, uh, quote, I will keep fighting tooth and nail to prevent Skana from ever being released. Whether it's 10 years or 20, it won't be enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he also stated that her death could have easily been prevented, um, had the Greater Manchester Mental Health, um, and NHS Trust had handled Skana differently. Yeah. Knew about her mental issues. Um, in an internal review, the GMMH Trust, um, 
concluded that the attack could not have been foreseen. Um, which Emily's father came back with, the review was in, inadequate and is quoted as saying, it was pretty dis disgraceful, to be honest, because they outlined all these failings. And there were a lot. And at the end of it, their finishing line was, we still think the attack on your daughter was unpreventable, which is ridiculous. I have spoken to the CEO on a number of occasions and told him, I'm going to do my utmost. You need to admit liability here and apologize to my family. Obviously, that really didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but there was some good that came out of this. Um, Emily was a student at the Markland Hill Primary School in Bolton. Okay. Um, after her killing, the school started um, plans for a memorial garden for her. And mm -hmm. pictures of this garden are actually really pretty. Mm -hmm. um, the fundraising target was uh, 5,000 pounds. It was reached within 12 hours. Um, and very quickly, it was over uh, 11,000 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, there was a separate fundraiser that Joan's parents started, um, which raised over 10,000 pounds within 24 hours with the funds. Uh, going to the Bolton Lads and Girls Club, which uh, is known as a club that provides sports and art activities for children and teenagers across Bolton. Um, by the time of Scana's sentencing in December, it was well over um, 25,000 pounds. Oh, wow. So there was a lot of, like, like the community really yeah. did reach out um, and Good. support this family. But yeah, so that one is just always one that stuck with me. So I was like, I should probably talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Where are we at? 21 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Let me break real quick. I'm going to talk about Mr. Edward Gingrich. Which... What a name. Oh, yeah. Amish name. Uh-oh. Very Amish name. Um, I could not find his birthday. All I could find was that he was born in 1966. Okay. Yep. Um, he was an Amish man as I said, from Rockdale Township, Crawford County, PA. Oh, gosh. So he's in our state. I don't like when they're in our state. <laughs> it's okay. He's, he's, I'm no danger. <laughs> You're like, he is not available anymore. He's not available. We're fine. He's good. <laughs> he, he checked out. Mm -hmm. Um, many people consider him to be the first Amish person convicted of murder. Um, which is, quite frankly, we don't know if that's completely true or not, or what's going on, but, you know, yeah. Um, that's what a lot of people say. Um, so he was said to have been somewhat of a rebel in the Amish community, um, from the time he was a little kid. <laughs> um, there really wasn't a ton that I was able to find about his childhood. Okay. Um. I, until he got older, I wasn't really able to find anything about if he had mental health mm -hmm. issues. Um, I did not find anything about him having mental health issues as a child, anything like that. I don't know how that is in, like, an Amish community yeah, I either. I like that's recorded very well. Probably not. Um, but, um, whenever he was older... Um, he married, uh, a woman named Katie, an Amish woman named Katie. Um, and many of the people in their community were very uneasy about this okay. marriage. Yeah. Um, 
after the marriage, um, Edward spent a lot of time in the woodshop, um, and he became increasingly interested in the limited machinery that the Amish were allowed to use, um, and also with doing that, interacting with what they call the English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People. Um, the belief was that, um, an unwaver- unwaveringly faithful woman would be a good influence on the young man, so that's why they went ahead with the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so my guess is he was a bit of a hellion whenever he was little. It seems like it. Yeah. Like I said, I could not find any exact examples simply because mm-hmm. it's probably not recorded very right. well. Literally, there was like... On the Wikipedia page, it was three paragraphs of information. Okay. So I'm like, there's like nothing here for this man. So I had to go back and like search everywhere. <laughs> you know, Wikipedia is also not the most reliable yeah, out there. Not, <laughs> not, <laughs> so after the wedding, um, his wife gave birth to a son um, and Edward became increasingly depressed, which you have a crying baby. I don't blame you for becoming increasingly depressed. You're probably not sleeping as well. He's probably depressed because all the attention went for to the baby. Right? Like, my wife doesn't love me anymore. That she is probably true. Yeah. You seem like a creep already. Yeah. Um, but through the wood shop that he was working in, he befriended an Englishman called Dave Lindsay, who told him that unless he renounced his Amish faith and became a born-again Christian like Lindsay, he would go to hell. And, like, we're Christians. Yeah. But there are, like, extremist Christians that are, like... Yeah. Beating you over the head, like, you are going to hell if you don't do this, this, this. And I mean, like, I'm not going to get into it. She's like, I am not going down the religion rabbit hole. right now. (laughs) I could, but we're not going. (laughs) Um, so after this... Uh, Edward's mental state continued to deteriorate, and eventually he began hallucinating and had a psychotic break. Oh, no. Um, and his community was witnessing this psychotic break, and then it scared them so much that they contacted 911. Well, about time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. Um, and was given medication for his symptoms. Um... But while his medication eased the hallucinations and everything, it put him in a quote-unquote zombie-like state. Yeah. Um, that really upset him. He didn't like it at all. Yeah. Um, and so he stopped taking his medication. Oh, you can't just stop those buckaroos. No, you gotta you wean. That. Nope, nope, that's not good. You no. gotta wean. <laughs> yeah, and like, but with paranoid schizophrenia, you should not stop at all, but like. No, but talk to your you doctor. Don't just stop. Yeah, you can't just stop cold turkey. That never ends well. <laughs> never ends well. Um, so obviously after he stopped his medications, his state of mind did not get any better. Yeah. It just got worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Dave Lindsay, among other evangelists, can't read that word today. Uh, who visited Edward at the shop, lectured him about renouncing his faith, and led him to believe that he was being confined and held captive by his wife, Katie. <laughs> yeah. These are some, uh, whack jobs. <laughs> um, some reports do state that he began to associate his wife with the devil. <laughs> Poor Katie. Right? right? She's just, like, taking care of their their baby and then the man-child, so, I mean... Yeah, yeah it's, uh... 
yeah, it, it, it gets worse for poor Katie. It gets a lot worse for poor Katie. Yeah. A lot worse. <laughs> so on March 18th, 1993, Edward entered his home's kitchen where Katie was working and I assume probably preparing them dinner. Probably. That seems like a very thing. Like yeah. And he punched her in the face. Uh, and it knocked her to the ground, obviously. She yeah. was not expecting this. She was caught off guard. She, yeah. And you gotta think, like, Amish men are, like, probably super strong because of all the hard labor. They yeah. Have. Like, not that the women aren't strong, but, like. What are you saying? The women are strong, too. Are they <laughs> Rude! Don't turn this into a feminist debate. <laughs> Rude! <laughs> anyway... So, after Katie was punched in the face, um... She, she punched him back. I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Katie yelled for her six-year-old son, uh, who was in the same room, to run and get help. Um, so the boy ran over a mile Aww. to get to his uncle's house. Um, but by the time that their son and the uncle... Got back to the house Katie had died. Mm. Um, and this was Edward's brother. Okay. So, seeing his brother standing beside her body covered in blood, he obviously was terrified and scared for his life. So, um, he and the boy went to a nearby English family home where he called 911. Um... Assistant fire chief and EMTs, um, oh, I forgot to put in the other guy's name. Well, one of them was Andy McLaughlin, um, arrived on the scene. Obviously, the scene was very horrific. Uh-huh. Um, Gingrich had beaten Katie to death, um, so the punch was just the first. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So after he had basically beaten her to the ground, he went and took the time to put on heavy high top boots. Um, I don't know if they had like the metal, the steel toe or anything yeah. in them, um, but they were heavy boots. And he continued to stomp on her skull until it basically caved in on itself. Oh my. And she was unrecognizable. Mm. Um, but after that... We, we assume it was after that. We don't have exact, like, in what order this all happened. Um, he had sat beside her and gutted her. Oh. Um, and pulled out all her internal organs and placed them beside her. Um, and this is the sad thing, like, that shows that he really was not in the right state of mind at mm-hmm. this point in time. Um, you can find his interrogation videos, um, but at one point he heard saying, for some reason, I think we could still save her. So it was almost like he didn't want to do what he did, but he wasn't in the right place. Yeah. This case I am disgusted with, but I'm also like, part of me feels sympathetic for him because I don't think that he was yeah. in the right mind whenever he did this. Mm-hmm. Um but maybe, maybe he was because of his childhood. Again, we don't know because there's really not much. Yeah. Him. Um. But after his trial, he was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, but mentally ill. Um. So he was sentenced to a minimum ter- minimum term of two and a half or two. Yeah, two and a half years. 
and a maximum of five years with credit for time served since his May 19th, 1993 incarceration. So he had definitely had run-ins with the police before. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he would be eligible for parole by late 1995. Um, he was denied his first at his first parole hearing in December 1995. Um, but March 19th, 1998, at the age of 34... So you were alive. I was alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he had served his full sentence. He was released from the uh, correctional institution. Mm. Um, He did eventually move to an Amish mental facility in Michigan. But then he also, after that, moved to Indiana before he returned to Brown Hill Amish community in February 2007. Um, Obviously, this was difficult for the community. Yeah. Um. They weren't really sure how to welcome him react. into that, I don't yeah. think. Um, honestly, it doesn't. I could not even find if they did welcome him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just kind of an outcast still. Yeah. Um, I don't think they full-out shunned him. Mm-hmm. But, um, in April 2007, he was arrested again when he and his brothers, um, Atlee and Joseph, um, I don't know how many brothers he had. I doubt this is one of the... I doubt this is the one that yeah. saw Katie... Um, but were charged with unlawfully taking his teenage daughter from the custody of Edward's parents, who had raised the little girl since his murder conviction. I also could not find how many children he has. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this case is, like, there's, like, hardly any yeah. information on it, which really sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like it would be better if there was more. Um, again, he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, um... And after the abduction, I'm going to call it an abduction because that's basically what it was. Yeah. Um, He was sentenced to six months probation in order to pay a $500 fine after pleading no contest. Um, In 2008, he was charged with illegally possessing and using a firearm while deer hunting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor um, and was sentenced to serve three months in the Crawford County Jail. Um. Oh, gosh. I lost my place. Sorry. La, 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 la. Um, obviously, after all of this, he was still considered an outsider by the Amish community. Again, we don't know if he was full out shunned or anything like that. Right. Um, but in 2011, he had been living... Some people say it was just an English family. Some, pe- some sources say it was his attorney. Um, but he was living with that, whoever... Um, when he was found hanging in a barn. Mm. Um, he had wrote, forgive me please, in the dust on top of a bucket before he hung himself. So he definitely yeah. had a rough. Um, part of me does feel sympathetic. Yeah. Part of me does not. Mm-hmm. And I only feel sympathetic because I feel like he probably wasn't given the proper care that he needed. Probably not. But, I mean, there's only... I, I there's know. only... So- like so many times that you can plead the insane like you have part of you has to know eventually that exactly what you're doing is wrong yeah and i don't think dave Lindsay and the other english people were any help no saying you're going to hell your yeah. wife's the devil she's yeah. holding you hostage and things like that it's just egging on the voices that he's already hearing because of the schizophrenia exactly. so and like with not being on his medications that would have 
even intensified all yeah, that. that yeah that's the word i was looking i got for. you <laughs> look at you look at me okay so now this is our final one dun 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 dun, dun, dun. of joel guy jr i'm gonna butcher his name so many times so i'll probably be saying um since he is a a junior i'm gonna be calling his father senior okay i'm probably gonna call him just junior sounds good um just so we can yes keep it separate um there is uh his trial footage is available on youtube mm-hmm. um and if this case does happen to interest you more um there's a youtube channel called that chapter um that is incredible and has a really good video on this um mike of that chapter does a great job with his his stories so random plug for him (laughs) shout out to you bruh yeah so joel was born joel michael guy jr on march 13th 1988 um he was one of the attended high school um he had never worked a day in his life Mm, must be nice yeah right um and he was always supported by his family um he was described by others as an outsider um and never really bothered to build a relationship with anyone at all whether it was inside or outside his family um but his mother was like this is my baby. Don't touch my baby. She, like, doted on him all the time. Like, this is my baby. I love my baby. Don't do not do anything to my baby. <laughs> Crazy mother. Yeah. Um, he spent one semester at George Washington University and then moved to Louisiana State University. Um, and then he lived in Baton Rouge until his crimes in uh, 2016. Okay. Um, that was the year after I graduated high school. Yeah year i graduated <laughs> yeah because you left me behind sorry <laughs> i'm sure you are no <laughs> um so the guy family had recently sold their knoxville house um before i continue with that i will go back and say his parents bought him his house in Baton rouge what the heck yeah <laughs> um and so his parents decided to sell their house in Knoxville, and they wanted to retire to, I think it's pronounced Surgeonsville. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they finally realized, too, that they needed to stop providing everything for their son. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Thanksgiving 2016, they discussed with him that, uh, they would stop providing money for him. Happy and, Thanksgiving, sir. Go yeah, find a job. Right? <laughs> um, and they wanted him to start working. Um, in 2016, he was 28. Yeah. And he has never worked a day in his life? Uh-uh. At age 28? At age 28. I have no words that are nice, so please continue. <laughs> I have no words that are nice. <laughs> As someone who started working when they were 13, like... Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I didn't start working that early, but you know... Like, <laughs> Nah. Grow up, man. Exactly. Stop being a baby. Yeah. And like he had, he had three sisters, but they were like half sisters okay. because they were his dads from another marriage, and they were fine. They were off doing their own thing. Like they were, they were thriving. So it was just him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's the baby. 
Um, so after these news, this news, um, his mind automatically went to a life insurance policy he was supposed to get if both his parents were dead. Oh my gosh. Um, it was a $500,000 life insurance policy. Um, and so whenever they he said they were cutting him off financially, that's whenever he was like, all right, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. He's like, oh, I know how to solve this problem. He's <laughs> like, we're going to fix this. <laughs> um, and in doing this killing, his goal was to make it look like his father was the one that was guilty of it. So murder, suicide or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to his plan that I'll read, um, there's really no way that his father would have been able to do this unless his father was like a ghost and was like <laughs> things in certain places. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Um... At the crime scene, there was a handwritten journal found in Joel's backpack, um, and he called it the Book of Premeditation. Stupid. <laughs> As it contained, uh, it contained details um, and notes outlining his intent to murder and destroy the remains of his parents. Um, one page, which I will, get, I'll read. Um, it's literally just a bullet list, so this is going to sound really weird. But, oh my gosh. Um, so, the one page that they leaked reads as follows. Um, and like I said, it's like a bullet list, so it's... Get carving knives. Get killing knives. Quiet multiple to make small pieces. Get sledgehammer crush bones. Bring blender and food grinder. Grind meat. Get bleach. Denature proteins. Get plastic bend for denature denaturation process does not matter where they're killed just get rid of bloody spots to prevent evidence of time of death not the mattress or couches <clears throat> get rid of bodies inside their house they're in my there and my dna already there um open up doggy door to prevent entryway but that was crossed out and written beside it was he needs to be blamed not intruder <laughs> um flush chunks down toilet not garbage disposal Get plastic sheeting for disposal process. Be seen buying bullets. Just use computer room gun. Check to make sure there are bullets. Last resort. He is not allowed to claim her half of the insurance. Money equals all mine. Flood the house. Cover up forensic evidence. Turn heater up as high as it goes. Speeds decomposition. Bleach reacts with luminol just like blood. Douse area with bleach. Big sprayer. Lie. Trash compactor. Body gives time of death. Alibi. Don't have to get rid of body if there are no forensic evidence on the body. His fingerprints and DNA. So basically he just made a list of... How he's gonna... How he's gonna do this. Um, and... He's... He's... I swear to God, he's such an idiot. I was gonna say, well, let me write this down in yeah. pen and paper but and... Uh, the <laughs> weird thing is, so many people do that. Like, so many people that kill people are like, all right, I need to make sure I have a list of everything. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Exactly. And I'm like, dude, dude, come on. Um, But this part might be disturbing to some listeners, so please, listener discretion is advised as I'm going to go into details of how he murdered his poor family. Um, Can I leave? No. (laughs) (laughs) You're stuck here. (laughs) Bummer. No, but if it gets to be too much, which if you didn't think Albert Fish was too much, you'll be oh, good. Like this. Yeah, we'll be good. Yeah. I mean, Albert Fish was too much, but here we are. Dude, you should have told me. 
<laughs> anyway, so this part is the first part I'm going to describe is the murder, and then the fir- the second part I'm going to describe is how he dealt with gotcha. their bodies. Um, so on November 26, 2016, uh, Joel attacked his father with a knife in the second floor exercise room while his mother was out shopping for groceries. Um, the scene showed evidence of a struggle with torn blinds, blood on the wall and corner, and an overturned bowl flex machine. Like some kind of exercise machine, I guess. Um, there, if you Google his his name and then crime scene photos it very easily comes up that you can find his crime scene yeah. photos. Um they're not super disturbing or anything like that, but just the backstory is yeah. disturbing. Um So when his mother returned, uh her name was Lisa. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can't remember if I said that or not. Um but whenever she re- returned home, uh she went through the front door, put the groceries on the floor of the foyer. Um then went upstairs, I assumed was probably going to, like, take her shoes off and stuff. Um, and then was attacked with a knife. Um, nine of her ribs were severed. Um, so, this part is where I'm going to describe what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say there's no evidence of cannibalism. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um... Don't mute it. Don't mute it. <laughs> She's Moana. like, oh, Mom, I want to touch it. She's like, I'm done with this. She's like, I want you guys to shut up. <laughs> um, so, Guy Senior's hands were removed at the wrists um, and left on the nearby exercise room floor. Lisa's head was removed, carried downstairs, placed in a pot on the stove, and set to boil. Ew. Yeah. Uh, and this was the woman that, like, doted on him. Like this. Yeah, I was like, this is the one that babied like, him. Exactly. Um, at trial, the forensic examiner testified that the head wasn't just cut off, wasn't just severed, but it was broken off. Ew. Um, both victims also had their arms and legs uh, disart- disarticulated. Um, Guy Sr. at the uh, waist and Lisa at the knees. Um... <clears throat> And their limbs and torsos were placed in a bin full of chemicals to dissolve. Um, that was a weird noise. That was me gagging. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought it was the cat. No. <laughs> um, he had lie on his list, but it's I couldn't find if that's exactly what he used. To... What's lie? So basically, like you know how soap has lye in it. It's mm. like a it's a chemical. Okay. Um, and. What, in, like, large doses and stuff, um, that lie can do, and I only know this because I wrote a a short story about it. No, my. (laughs) Um, is, say you fill a bathtub with water and pour lye in it. Mm Mm-hmm. If you put any flesh in there, like, any kind of skin or whatever, it will burn and dissolve. Ew, I hate that. Okay. Yeah. And usually what happens is the bones get really brittle, so they're easier to break up. Ew. And everything else turns to, like, a sludge. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I regret asking. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> this is what you get from being friends with me. <laughs> um, anyway, so he put them in a bin full of the chemicals, which I could not find exactly what kind of chemicals. It did mention lye and, like I said, all that fun crap. Um, each body also had a large gash um, 
that was inflicted after death so that the chemicals would be able to get into the body easier. Um, specifically the main cavity. <coughs> Excuse me. Coronavirus! <laughs> I promise I'm clean. I'm clean. <laughs> um, so during the attack on his father, Joel received several cuts on his hand. Um, most notably, a deep cut on his left thumb. Um, he stayed in the house for a couple days. Ew. Um, before he drove back to Baton Rouge to have his wounds treated at the student clinic. Um, most notably, again, his thumb. Um, How do you explain that one? <laughs> lots of ways that people have tried to write off stuff like that. It's uh, ridiculous. It's like I was cutting a carrot and BAM! I missed! I mean, like, I slit my finger pretty bad whenever I was at work <laughs> one time. <laughs> That was an adventure. There was a whole blood trail and everything. I had people videotaping it. I'm like, what the heck? That's disgusting. They needed it, I guess, for, like, insurance purposes. But I'm like, dude, seriously? <laughs> anyway, besides my bloody finger, um, Lisa's boss became concerned when she didn't show up for work um, without saying anything, which was extremely uncommon. Lisa was great with her job and everything, and she, she loved her job. She was very... Um, reliable so like if she couldn't make it she would let you know mm -hmm. um so her boss called the police to do a welfare check um when they arrived on the scene they noticed that the house was for sale but there wasn't a realtor's lock on the front door um bro you can't just go to dollar tree and buy a for sale sign and put it in the front yard he didn't because oh. remember their house was for sale oh that's right yeah their house was for sale I thought he was, like, just that stupid. <laughs> it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> I was like, you want the dollar tree instead of yard sale? He just cuts, crosses off a yard and set, puts four sale. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, their house was for sale, so that part was real. Okay. Um, and the realtor's lock, like, the box with the key inside of it, all that fun crap. Um, so... That was odd, of course. They had discovered that the back doorknob had been removed and put on the front door. I guess because he couldn't get the lock off. Hmm. The realtor's lock off. Um, which, come to think of it, I'm not entirely sure why a realtor's lock would be there if they were still there unless... I don't know. I don't know. We're not getting into that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so they discovered that the doorknob had been removed. Um... They were able to peek through the window near the front door, and they saw the groceries were scattered by the door. Oh. Um, including the perishable items, so that kind of set off. Yeah. Like, there's something wrong here. Like, there's melted ice cream everywhere. There's <laughs> bacon laying over there. There's, like, raw things out that are gross and have flies and all that crap. <laughs> um, they also, whenever they went to the back door, um, the hole where the doorknob had been, because um, there was nothing there. Yeah. He didn't replace it or anything. Um, they could feel the heat that he... Oh, yeah, on. that's right. Um, and so what they did to get inside the home was they got into one of their cars, which they probably had left their car unlocked. Or yeah. Um, which would make sense because she just came home. All that fun mm -hmm. um, and they got one of the garage door openers. Okay. So they went in through the garage. Um, they... Um, oops, sorry. Um... When they went in, they discovered a table with the guy's wallets and a sledgehammer. Um, and then there was another table with long guns on it. So I guess like rifles or whatever. Um, I don't really know anything about guns. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, downstairs, the stove was still on, and the contents of the pot were boiling. Um, at the bottom of the stairs were the grocery items that they were had been able to see. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I Um, then they started up the stairs, and they heard a dog barking. Aw, doggy. Um, the dog is fine. Okay. The dog was fine. Nothing happened to the dog. Okay, it's um, not a repeat of butts, thank yeah, God. Yeah, it's not butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dog is fine. He locked him. The, the dog, yeah, the dog's fine. Okay. Um, I think, I can't remember. I think he might have been taken in by one of the sisters or one of okay. the detectives. I can't remember. Um, so after they came across the dog, um, they didn't let him out or anything yet, obviously. Um, they happened to look down the hallway and saw a guy senior severed hands on the floor. La la la. Um, and they also discovered the dismembered corpses in sl- the solution in the bathroom. That's disgusting. Oh. Um, and by this point, if it had been a couple days, it's already decomposed. <laughs> <laughs> um, even if you would have, like, put them in water, they would have decomposed faster. Um, among other items that they, the, the police and investigators found upstairs, um, there was sewer line cleaner. Mm-hmm. A bag of baking soda, a liquid fire brand drain cleaner, hydrochloric acid, drain opener, lye, hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide. Thank you. <laughs> bleach and a bleach sprayer. I don't know why I could not say that. <laughs> You're good. Um. So obviously, like, they realized that it was Joel did this yeah um so joel was arrested on the 29th of the same month um and when police searched his car they found a meat grinder in the trunk of his car (laughs) she made a gagging face in case she couldn't hear her slightly (laughs) um joel pled not guilty yet filed a motion that he be given the death penalty if convicted so it's like going in i'm not guilty but if i'm found guilty kill me yeah, he's like, you know, and then that's whenever you don't kill them and let them rot and suffer in jail. He was convicted of both murders in 20, October 2020. Trial took four days, found guilty, and sentenced to life in prison. <laughs> Sucks to suck, brother! He was also convicted of abuse of a corpse. Yeah. Um, yeah, he cut him off and boiled a head. Like. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of cases where abuse of a corpse should be taken into account, but it's not. Yeah. It's not extreme. I hope he is still rotten in that prison. He is. Currently, he's incarcerated at the Northwest Correctional Complex in Tipperville, Tennessee. Yeah, I hope he's, every day he's there, he rots a little bit inside. Yeah, I don't think I'll see that. I think he's just like, can I have my money? (laughs) Can I have my money? Like, in this guy, watching his actual trial and hearing and thing. He's sitting there, he looks bored to death. He has, like, no remorse. And anything like that. It's oh my gosh. ridiculous. Like, this man's a piece of crap. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, but he's gonna die in prison. Good, and that's which, what he deserves. Yeah, and I couldn't find any impact statements from his sisters. Mm-hmm. Um... And like I said, they were like his half sisters, mm-hmm. so I'm not really sure how much involvement they. They just don't probably want to be involved. Yeah, they're probably like Ugh. crazy. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. But yes, it just goes to show this case has taught me. Um, trust no one. <laughs> trust gets you killed for one. <laughs> Black phone. 
strangers kill you. Yeah. <laughs> um, never help anyone. Yeah, never help anyone. <laughs> Helping people get you killed. Um, but that no matter how much somebody loves you or how much you love somebody, mm-hmm. they could still brutally murder you. The thing that's really sucky about like his case is I see a lot of our current generation being like that where yeah. they're so entitled exactly. and they don't think they need to work for anything they think stuff needs to be handed and i'm like i feel like we're gonna see more cases like this just because people don't want to work especially our upcoming generation i agree and like things with the stimulus check like uh-huh. i definitely appreciate the stimulus check that helped me out of some financial mm-hmm. issues but i work we both worked the entire pandemic yeah and I feel like with the stimulus checks going to literally everybody, yeah, I understand that it helped a lot of people, but at the same time, people got so used to getting them that they're like, oh, I don't have to work anymore, or unemployment, I don't have to work anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not what it's there for! Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's three short cases. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, sorry, I sounded like I was dying half the time. I did not mean for... That's Okay. Thank you for sharing question mark. <laughs> question mark. At least you said thank you this time and it wasn't like last time where you were like, I don't even want to say thank you. <laughs> I guess that upper fish is probably the worst I'm ever going to do. I mean, unless something else comes up. Which I doubt it will because, you know, he's pretty sadistic. Yeah, I was going to say he's pretty disgusting. Yeah, he's pretty bad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. But, it's yeah. glad to ha- good to have you back. I'm not talking to myself anymore. <laughs> I didn't have to play musical chairs alone this week. Oh, it was so sad. <laughs> I missed last week. I was like, are you serious? But then I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that it worked out that way that you were doing alone games. You don't play alone. I know. I was like, like, well, that kind of works, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, that episode turned out good, in my opinion. Yeah. I liked it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that lovely note. Quote, unquote, lovely. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think. Remember to follow us on the socials. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, Spooky yes. underscore and underscore the underscore skeptic underscore. No, underscore. Just kidding. Spooky and the skeptic on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. And we will talk to y'all next week. Ooh, and it'll be chaos turn. And I'm sure she's going to. I gotta whip something up. She'll probably scars for life with more games. No, I think I'm gonna... I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I'll have to do some research. You told me a couple things that you wanted to do, so we'll have to see. Yeah, we shall see. Anywho. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.